0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very special, supersized episode, number 14 of the Nitro Mania podcast. My name is Adam, I'm your host, and this is the show that makes me question a good number of my life choices. Now, it's a very special episode this week because it is pay-per-view time once again, and this month, our very special guest pay-per-view recapper is none other than Lord Quest and himself, Andy is here.
1: This is like old times right here, and I thought the rundown (laughs) is what, like... Made you regret all of your life choices?
0: No, that was only some of my life choices. Oh,
1: okay, gotcha. Well, <laughs> I mean, we are watching WCW in nineteen ninety-five, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's it's not great.
0: <laughs> it's not. Yeah, straight up front, I, I uh, uh, Andy did not volunteer for this gig like uh, Henry Hughebeck did <laughs> for Halloween Havoc, and now having watched the World War III pay per view, oh and my god, the subsequent episode of uh, of Nitro, I want to apologize. I want to publicly hey, hey, apologize for putting you through I, that.
1: I will thank you for the women's tag team match. Really? And that's about it.
0: We're going to disagree on that then. Oh, so this is, this is our World War Three Ninety Five 95 episode. And for those of you who haven't been following along, your main event here is a 60-man, three-ring, over-the-top rope battle royal. The winner <sighs> of this battle royal will be crowned the new WCW world heavyweight champion after the giant was stripped of the title two weeks after winning it at Halloween havoc for no reason other than Hulk Hogan is too stupid to read a contract. (laughs) Um, So
1: (laughs) sorry, sorry, before you go on, here's my thought. It's like, I'm let's imagine I'm booking WCW and I'm like, we've got to beat WWE. The Royal Rumble is really, really important to them. It's a really big event, and they get lots of big numbers. What if we multiplied that by three? We'd get three times the viewers. No, this is awful. <laughs> this is terrible. This. What the fuck am I watching?
0: Yeah, we'll we'll get to that uh, all the way at the end of the show. at uh, well, the end of the pay-per-view, anyways. Uh, speaking of Hogan, he has spent the lead-up to this pay-per-view event dressed entirely in black and wearing a Phantom of the Opera mask. Don't forget.
1: And he has no mustache.
0: He has no mustache. Yes, he has. And not. that
1: creeps me out.
0: It was. It is so weird. I said that last week. So very strange. Um, other than that, I have really no idea what's on tap for the show. Uh, as we briefly touched upon a couple of weeks ago, Nitro isn't really the flagship show at this point. So a lot of these stories happen elsewhere. I'm guessing, uh, probably Saturday night. That's More than the one likely, they, That's yeah. the one that they always advertise on Nitro. Uh, right. I think I can safely assume that the U.S. title isn't on the line because Sting is in the Battle Royal, but I have no idea about the tag titles or the TV title. Uh, now, of note, in the war game setup, the two rings are side by side. For this event, they're staggered corner to corner, which makes for a very awkward little section of seating between the first and third it's ring. It's so cute! Where there may be five rows of four seats. It's so seats, cute. And that's it's so it. cute.
1: You know, I would be really pissed off if I were behind one of those other two rings when all the action is going on that first ring like you you wouldn't be able to see that as well like that there's obstructions in the way it is it's just a bad bad idea i thought the six-sided ring was bad (laughs)
0: like this is Uh, worse yeah uh anything else to add before we jump in uh
1: no i've got lots of notes um i'm I'm excited to talk about this I've not, I, I, I guess maybe I'll, I'll say cause, uh, you know, when I was back on the rundown several years ago for my first episode, one of the questions you always asked on the rundown was, tell me about yourself with wrestling. And for me, like you, WWE, WWF at the time, was my calling card. It's what I did. It's what I watched. I didn't watch WCW. Even when the Monday Night Wars were going on, I very, very rarely ever switched over to WCW, even during the NWO. I just kind of morally refused. So it's interesting to go back and watch a random pay-per-view and a random episode (laughs) of Nitro before the Monday Night Wars really began and just see where some of these WWE guys, what, what they were doing in WCW.
0: That's good. So we're, we're in the exact same boat, except you haven't watched the previous 13 episodes of Nitro at this point, or 12, to whatever be, we're at. T-
1: to be fair, I did once, uh, when the network got, uh, first got WCW, I watched the first like six months of it, but I don't really remember any of okay. it. I was kind of, it was kind of just on while I was doing other things.
0: Okay. Um, all right, here we go. It is Sunday, November 26th, 1995, despite what the WWE network tells you when you look up this show. And we are opening with a long ad for the pay-per-view we're about to watch. Great. Uh of note, Sabu is featured in the opening graphics for the show, despite not having been with the company since the night after Halloween Havoc. We yeah, are... I guess he
1: wasn't there, wasn't he?
0: No, he, he we we uh we threw him in a dumpster on uh Henry Huchbeck's episode. Uh... uh we are live from Norfolk, Virginia, a venue that will become infamous in just a couple of years. We start ringside, and Tony Schiavone is standing with Bobby Heenan. Tony also says that we're here with Mean Gene, Eric Bischoff, Dusty Rhodes, Chris Cruz, and Larry Zabisco. So I don't know where those guys are hiding, but that is a shitload of commentators. When they said
1: that, I was confused. I'm like, <laughs> but like you go through the pay per view, and like it's only Schiavone and Bobby Heenan up until War So I'm like, where are these? Out? Like, like I thought they were just gonna like switch off commentators per matches, but apparently not. No, they just need to have. Their own dedicated ones per ring.
0: Which I guess makes sense when well, you have all we'll, the action going on. We'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, Heenan demands that Shivani pick a winner for the Battle royal tonight, and Tony picks Hogan. Heenan starts off with Macho Man, but settles on the Giant. Uh, Tony informs us that Macho Man, who isn't at 100% tonight, will take on Lex Luger, plus Rick Fair, uh, Ric Flair rather, versus Sting, and the brand new U.S. champion whenever the fuck that happened, we'll take on Chris Benoit. Uh, Heenan then changes his pick to the Nature Boy. We then get the greatest thing ever as Tony talks alongside a full screen graphic telling us how to access the live live electronic chat on CompuServe.
1: WWE gets AOL, WCW gets (laughs) CompuServe. Like you you could just tell right from that. Which one was the major company right there? It's just ridiculous. I just, love,
0: I just love that it said live electronic chat.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, my God. And I bet half the people in that room are like ASL.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it wasn't even like a dedicated WCW room. It was like go to exclamation part live event chat. Like what? They don't have that kind of money. There's no keyword WWF here, folks.
1: <laughs> I love that so much. I miss AOL.
0: That's what got me in. That's what got me. That's what made me convince my parents to sign up for AOL. Yeah. Because we had just some local regional service ISP back in the day. Mm-hmm. And I was like, but keyword WWF. And my dad was finally like, fine, shut up.
1: <laughs> I really want to listen to the, to the, uh, like bo- broadband or whatever the, 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 the internet sound when you, when you log in. Like, I just. I hear it in my head. Modem, I want to hear the modem, yeah, the modem sound. Yeah, I want to hear the modem noise right oh, now. I'm, sh-
0: I'm sure you can Google it.
1: Uh, I, I, yeah, I'm going to do it later. Okay.
0: <laughs> you have some put that. Weird, put that on weird the.
1: That's uh, <laughs> true. Put that on the uh, closing bumper. <laughs> just, just like the AOL <laughs> <the AO1 laughs> modem noise.
0: I'm not going to do that. <laughs> and then anyway, it you've got I, mail. I don't want to break everyone's ears. <laughs> um. All right. Did you ever have CompuServe? No, no,
1: I had AOL, but I had one before it and it wasn't CompuServe. I can't remember what it was. Was it it Prodigy? Yes, because Prodigy (laughs) had, you could play checkers on Prodigy with random people from the internet. And I was obsessed with that. That was so much fun. I'd be (laughs) like, I was like 12 or 13 and I'm like, I want to play checkers again with people. This is the greatest thing. And you could like talk to them while you're playing checkers. It was the weirdest thing. So good. Uh,
0: (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, Lemon Nerd Boy. Uh, Yeah. Tony tells us that the, quote, waterfront area of Virginia has always been one of the greatest places for professional wrestling, unquote, and then immediately sends us to an interview. Uh, mean Gene.
1: Pull up your socks and get ready.
0: Is standing with Hogan, Savage, <gasps> and Sting.
1: The greatest interview I've seen in so long. Oh, my God. There's a moment that is just amazing throughout this. <laughs>
0: who I guess have made up for however long this interview takes. Gene Uh tells us that it is time to quote fish or cut bait because it's time for the battle Royal about two hours before the battle Royal. Uh, Hogan still sans mustache tells us that from something bad comes something good. And the fans have been standing behind him with the prayers and the vitamins and the whatnots. (laughs) He says he's standing with his two best friends. Then he tears off his shirt uh, and shows us that he's red and yellow once again. He then sets the shirt on fire <laughs> in is a bucket.
1: So, this is so great, Adam. <laughs> this is amazing. That fire throughout the promo, like Sting is looking so concerned about that fire <laughs> the entire time because that, it's a massive fucking fire. What did they wo- do? To that set woman's stage
0: in front. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, just like kind of like walking back and forth around uh-huh. the camera shot, and then like the basket yeah. slowly is is like moving off stage. <clears throat> it's yeah. the greatest.
0: Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, Just just a random bucket on the stage. Uh, Sting cheers and says the black is gone for good. (coughs) Macho admits that he was wrong in doubting Hogan. Hogan then tells us that Macho Man has been lying about his arm injury for some fucking reason. That's great booking. While Sting tries desperately to put out the fire in the bucket. (laughs) With a water bottle. It's so great. (laughs) Hogan makes fun of dirt sheets and says, the internet has the scoops, brother.
1: Yeah, what was Uh, that? I guess he's like, he's clairvoyant.
0: (laughs) Everyone screams as Gene sends us to a promo vignette for DDP versus Johnny B. Bad part two. Now, apparently at some point on WCW Saturday night, the diamond doll, Kimberly, got fed up with DDP's bullshit, put herself up as a prize in the match alongside the WCW television championship.
1: Do you know whose bullshit I'm tired of? the diamond doll. She, that is the worst actress I have ever seen in my <laughs> entire life. Like she is just, she over emotes and then she doesn't really know what she's doing. Like, should yep. I be in this court? She is awful. Fucking yep. awful.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, Mm-hmm. Kimberly enters first with DDP trailing behind her. DDP walks up next to her and shoots his load. Oh my of confetti all over okay. the crowd at the entrance. Uh, tonight. Johnny's robe says he's in a bad mood. Uh, he then violates every safety video you've ever seen by holding his pyro in his hands.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's marvelous, man. He can do whatever he wants.
0: <laughs> Meanwhile, DVP is chewing a wad of gum large enough to fix a small hole in a boat. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, just... <laughs> That's quite the image. I guess I didn't notice he was chewing that much gum.
0: <laughs> Good God. Uh, Johnny finally retains the title following a somersault plancha outside of the ring, followed by a springboard leg drop into the ring. This match, I'm gonna say, was not as good as their bout at Halloween Havoc. I feel like there were too many near falls, and to me, it didn't feel like there was a lot of tension here. What did you think of the the TV title match?
1: Uh, a couple things. I thought it was pretty good. I I didn't see the Halloween Havoc match, so I can't compare. But here's here's what I do think. Number one, there was some awful camera work. There were times where like you could like one camera was just like filming another cameraman on the apron. <laughs> like like what the hell is going on? Also also, we now know that. Ty Dillinger stole his 10 gimmick from the diamond doll. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: So Uh, uh, match wise was
1: pretty good. It's decent.
0: After the match, Johnny and Kimberly hugged the cheers of the crowd. How cute. Uh, Gene has them on the ramp, but before they get there, he tells us to call the WCW hotline for some bullshit about the WWS steroid scandal. (laughs) Uh, Johnny says that the diamond doll will finally be treated with respect. He says that he is giving her the opportunity to manage the WCW television champion, but he doesn't want her to answer tonight. He wants her to think it over and decide what she really wants to do with her life. She's happy about that. That's nice. This, this segment was just awful. Weird, weird, terrible, weird.
1: Yeah. Weird. I'll go with weird.
0: Uh, mean Gene then sends us to David Penzer in ring number one for a taped fist match. What between, the hell is this? Uh, between Big Bubba Rogers and Hacksaw Jim Duggan.
1: Okay, okay. It's 1995, and mm-hmm. I don't want to see Hacksaw Jim Duggan <laughs> versus the Big Boss Man. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, okay, yeah, at least the Big Boss Man will go on to do some cool things still in WWE after this. So he's still got some some, some time left. But I'm, no, Duggan, mm. no. And this, and this is just bad.
0: Yeah. Duggan attacks Bubba during his entrance and for some reason is wearing his 2x4 on a rope around his neck.
1: What was that? That was so <laughs> weird! It's like, f- I don't even know!
0: They finally get in the ring and Duggan threatens to hit Bubba with the 2x4 which makes Bubba cry. <laughs> now, now David Penzer did say that the only way to win this match was by pinfall or knockout. So I don't understand why the referee was trying to stop Duggan from attacking Bubba with his wood.
1: <laughs> Phrasing. Um, I don't understand it either, nor do I understand why we get another former WWE reject in VK Wall Street getting involved. Like, it's... <laughs> it's do we need Duggan, IRS, and the Big Boss Man in one match? Yeah, I, I, don't I don't think
0: know. so. Yeah, I don't know. Of note, uh, this is a taped fist match, but for some reason, Duggan has taped all the way up to his elbows. Yeah. Uh the rings are numbered, as Shivani and Heenan tell us, but not a way that makes seems no, to make any sense. No, it makes sense. zero sense. Ring one is the center ring, which is fine because it's in the middle. It's you know the one that they're going to do most of. But according to Shivani during the match, ring two is the ring on the right side of the screen on the yeah, hard cam, yeah. which makes ring three the ring on the left, which yeah. seems backwards.
1: I spent the entire time going through the war games or whatever uh, wondering when they're like, let's go to ring two. And I'm like, wait, wait which one's ring two? Which one? There's too many people. <laughs> I don't know what's going on.
0: Uh, eventually big Bubba tapes Duggan by the arm to the top rope, which looks really fucking stupid because it's tape. Right. Duggan spends the rest of the match with the roll of tape hanging from his left fist. Yep. Uh, as you said, VK wall street makes his way to ringside with a chain in his fist and gets clocked by Duggan's wood. Uh, he does, however, manage to pass the chain to Bubba who clocks Duggan leading to the count out knockout victory. Oh, okay. This was, that makes
1: more sense now. I was confused. I thought that Bubba had the chain in his tights the whole time. I didn't catch mm-hmm. the the that part. I apparently blanked out. I because no. I didn't care. And I, was, <laughs> and I was just thinking, like, how did he go that whole match without that chain link like
0: pinching his junk? Like that would be yeah. terrible. Yeah. This uh, this was one hundred percent garbage. Yeah, uh, it, was, there it was, was. pretty bad. There's really nothing redeeming about this match at all.
1: No, I I could pass on this match absolutely.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, back at ringside Shivani promises us a couple grudge matches something about Japanese women's wrestling the battle royal and CompuServe Uh, he then sends us up to Gino who is with Ric Flair Flair promises to defeat Sting and then says that this was his master plan getting all the main eventers under the same roof at the same time so I guess he's going to blow up the arena or something Uh, he promises to win the battle royal and rule WCW one more time we go back to the ring for a women's tag team match from Japan. Cutie Suzuki and Mayumi Ozaki versus Bull Nakano and Akira Hokuto.
1: What a cool match. This is so great. I love this match so much. But here's one that I don't like, Adam. Early on, like when they're doing introductions and in other places here and on Nitro, they use the term "Orient" far too much. I <laughs> I, I do not like this. I am yeah. not a fan of let's refer to the Orient. Let's let's not do that anymore. Mm.
0: It's not the proper nomenclature, dude. <clears throat> during uh,
1: during on my Suzuki... fucking rug.
0: <laughs> sorry, <laughs> really really tied the room together. He did during Suzuki and Ozaki's entrances. Shivani introduces Mike Tanei whose headset isn't turned on at first. Um, he is apparently a resident Japan expert. Um. Now, I know which one is Bulnakana, which means I know which one is Akira Hokuto, but don't ask me which one's Cutie and which one's Mayumi, because I don't fucking know. Um, <laughs> apparently, Cutie is the one who is dressed like Tinkerbell. Uh, and early on in this match, it's time for another round of our brand new game on the show. Is this racist? <laughs> Bobby Heenan says, and I quote... And they're so dedicated, these people. I mean, they train constantly. This isn't just something they do on the weekends because they got laid off at the laundromat. This is their life. <sighs> oh, that's so bad. So, so, so Andy, oh. is that, is that racist? Oh, terribly. <laughs> oh,
1: ungodly racist. That's just, you know, you think the Orient, just saying that is bad enough, but like that, oh, getting laid off at their job at the laundromat. Oh, my, God, everything about that.
0: Oh. <sighs> but it's but it's bobby the brain so it's okay yeah yeah because everything yeah. he does is golden <laughs> um i thought that this match was really sloppy
1: i loved it it was now, appar- so good
0: <laughs> apparently in japan you can start coming into the ring before you're ta- your are team- yeah, tagged yeah teammate even tags you including one time when cutie was already completely in the ring when azuki <laughs> tagged her um nakano eventually wins with a top rope leg drop but God damn that match to me felt at least three times longer than it needed oh, to be. Oh, it was
1: great. It was it was at, it was like high, high intensity. It was all over the place. It was uh it was just so good. And like you think about, you know, it it, it brings me back to what was it the nineteen eighty nine? Was it the one one of the early um I think it was Royal Rumble where the jumping bomb angels were were involved in a match and it was like it was a big deal like to bring these Japanese female wrestlers over uh, to WWE and just mm-hmm. seeing that style was really cool and even being like 1995 like we don't see a lot of that particular style in American wrestling so I just sat back and enjoyed every minute yeah it was like crazy yeah it was all over yeah the tags were weird but man for what it was not being American style and just watching them just beat the fuck out of each other it was so much fun I enjoyed it. Tremendously. Also, okay, did, we we know, but real quick. Also, we know that Finn Balor got his uh, finishing move from Ozaki and Suzuki.
0: <laughs> did you did you see the German suplex spot from Hukuto where yes, Ozaki almost died?
1: Yes, that was crazy. Absolutely yeah. nuts.
0: I did not. I didn't really enjoy that match. I loved it. Um. Yeah, Shivani sends us up to Mean Gene, who begs us to call the hotline again, promising stories, but not giving any specifics as to what (laughs) those stories are.
1: It's it's just Mean Gene, just rambling, like like an old man, like, I've got stories for you. Here we go.
0: Which, I had an onion on my belt, which was the fashion at the time. (laughs) Uh, He then brings in Hart and Luger. Oh! Luger is shinier than a car on The Price is Right. Yeah. Good God he was oily. Uh... (laughs) did i say bret hart i meant jimmy hart obviously
1: (laughs) yes obviously
0: sorry uh i'm not gonna go back luger appears to be reading from cue cards on the floor in front of him because he does not once look into the camera
1: probably true i would not doubt that
0: (laughs) typical typical luger promo meaning it really wasn't that great yeah Um up next, the United States Championship match, Chris Benoit trying to take the title from Kensuki Sasaki. Uh, During Benoit's entrance, we get a shot of a random blonde with huge tits for no reason whatsoever. (laughs) This Um, match,
1: you'll you'll, you'll recount it, and maybe you'll 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 talk about this, maybe you won't. The amount of times that Benoit took shots to his head and the commentators (laughs) and the commentators pointed it out over and over again, like the amount of damage done to Benoit's head. Did not surprise me of how it been, things with Benoit ended up because yeah. like just the amount of times he literally looks like he bashed his head into the ground, <laughs> into the post, into anything. Like it was ridiculous.
0: Yeah. Um, they are still spelling Kensuke's name first name with an I on the end, which according to CageMatch.net is incorrect. It'd be an E, wouldn't um, it? It's supposed to be. During the match, Sonny Ono gets on commentary and mentions something about Starcade, which, if you remember our Halloween Havoc episode, Henry talked about and said it's terrible. Uh, also during this match, Benoit hits a huge diving headbutt onto Sasaki, something that would not make any difference on his life at all. <laughs> Never. Uh, Sasaki wins the bout with a brain buster. <clears throat> uh, this was a really good match. Uh, though my opinion may be s- uh, skewed thanks to the two shit shows that preceded it. See, uh, and I,
1: and I disagree. I, I'm looking over my notes here and thinking back to the match and I thought it was, I thought it felt like a piss break match to me. You think so? Yeah, I think it, there was nothing special about it, um, aside from, like, yeah, I don't know. It just was not good.
0: I'm it sorry I good. didn't your, fulfill your fetish for Japanese women.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, the Master <laughs> 4 did, so we're all good.
0: Yeah. Uh, Tony sends us back to Gene, who is now standing with Jimmy Hart, Kevin Sullivan, and the Giant. Uh, Gene tries to start trouble by saying that maybe the dungeon will turn on each other in an attempt to win the title. Uh, Sullivan says that's, that's thing. <laughs> Sullivan says that's ridiculous, and then Giant gives us another poem, and everyone leaves. Poems. Mm-hmm. Why is the Giant reading poetry?
1: Uh, I don't know. Steal, st- try to steal a little bit of that uh, genius. Uh,
0: Tinyurl.com/distanthorizon. You know,
1: that, that's too. <laughs> I forget that. I forgot that exists. Yeah, it's still out there. Go buy it.
0: It's poetry free. Don't
1: even do it. <laughs>
0: uh shivani then tells us that our next pay-per-view is on wednesday december 27th
1: yeah that's and it's a starcade isn't it
0: yeah wednesday all right uh shivani then sends us to a video about luger and macho man after that video savage is up on the stage with gene this match is a typical savage old school bullshit match uh eventually luger locks the torture rack on savage on the outside for some reason which makes him pass out uh the match mercifully ends due to referee stoppage when Lex has Macho Man in some sort of elbow lock while he's unconscious. In uh, a nod to Nitro, uh, three weeks ago, maybe Sting runs out, whispers something to Luger, and Luger gives up the hold. Uh, Andy, did you garner any enjoyment from that match?
1: I did actually. I thought it was not bad. Um, it wasn't a women's t- uh, Japanese tag team match, but it was, but it's still pretty good. Um, here's here's my thing. During the match, they mentioned something about a twenty count. They legitimately said a twenty count. Is that WCW rules for being outside? Is it a twenty count?
0: I believe at one point it was. Yeah, that's weird. That's Thankfully, the, they stopped. Excessive. Thankfully, they gave up on trying to mention on mentioning the over the top rope as a disqualification rule. But uh, yikes! I do I do recall like from WCW NWO World Tour uh, uh-huh. that that the that it was a twenty count outside the ring.
1: Yeah. That's weird. Uh, no, I, I like the match. I like Macho Man, Randy Savage, and anything he's ever done, so I got a lot of enjoyment just because Macho Man was in it.
0: Okay. <laughs> I, liked it. I, I liked his rap. I liked his rap album, but I'm not enjoying his, his Aww. wrestling. Oh. Uh, it's just... Okay, it's, the fact that it's... you liked
1: his rap album, like, that, <laughs> that speaks so many volumes. Hey. Fans, fans, just... I know you figured this out a long time ago from the rundown, but anytime Adam says something is good, just assume the opposite. I'm here. I'm the voice of reason for this.
0: Be a man, Hulk. Don't be scared. So terrible, so terrible. (laughs) God, Uh, I'm just not a fan. I'm just not a fan of his his in ring work uh, on Nitro thus far. It's because it's just it's just that '80s that old school '80s stuff that they're still doing, where he gets the shit beat out of him for three minutes, then hits the elbow drop and wins because he's the face. (laughs) Well, it's fair. just, it doesn't, it, I don't find that entertaining anymore. Um, Tony then sends us to a video for Sting and Flair that recounts the lead up to Halloween Havoc and Flair's sudden but inevitable betrayal of Sting. And it has the uh,
1: coolest, ridiculous looking pixelated version of both of them. It like, <laughs> is the weirdest thing. I don't even know what's going on in that.
0: I'm going to have to go look at that again. No, seriously, uh, like
1: pause on that. And just stare at it. Like the, the more you <laughs> stare at it, like it's like one of those like magic finder. Like, like viewfinder oh, it's a magic, things. It's a magic eye yeah, picture. Yeah, magic eye puzzle. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, you like... cross your eyes. You could just see, you, like... I don't know. If, if you, you stare if long you cross enough, your you eyes might a see Hogan. Appears.
0: So. <laughs> uh, if you cross your eyes, a scorpion appears. <laughs> yes. Um, Flair enters in a beautiful purple robe. Sting is wearing a shiny golden Sergeant Pepper jacket. Um, right at the beginning of this match, I finally get my answer to the question that I asked back at Fall Brawl. If there are multiple rings and the match moves from one ring <laughs> to another, is that a count out? Apparently, the answer is no, it is not, as Flair takes a shot, rolls out, and ring, runs over to ring number two, which was ring number three before, but is apparently now ring number two, and tells Sting to follow. Sting and the referee, Nick Patrick, do so, and the match continues in ring two. Uh, later on, the match moves over to ring three with no interruption. Uh, at that point, Sister Sherry and Colonel Parker appear on the ramp to make out for no reason. <laughs> Why that storyline is continuing, I don't know. It hasn't been mentioned on Nitro since Fall Brawl. <laughs> um, much like their bout on Nitro a couple weeks ago, Sting spends most of this match no-selling Flair's attacks. Sting eventually gains victory after a Superplex followed immediately by a Scorpion Deathlock. Uh, I thought this was a great match. I really enjoyed Flair trying to avoid Sting by constantly switching rings. No, that's cool. You, I like that. What did you think?
1: Well, I, it, was, it was a good match. Um, I liked the switching of the rings. I think that it was good for the fans. You know, like if you if you paid and you got a ticket like by ring two or ring three, it would be nice to like, you know, see a main event type match in the ring that you're closest to. Yeah. So I I thought that was smart. I thought that I don't know if that was planned originally or like they were watching the show and realizing like we should probably go to some of the other rings to give the the audience the money, the money they paid for. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I
0: thought that, I thought that all the way back at fall brawl, we're like, mm-hmm. if you're going to have two rings, at least like alternate between matches, which match the, which ring the matches take place.
1: Absolutely. In. I agree. So yeah, no good match, solid match. I mean, it's a, it's flare versus sting. So, you know, you're going to get a good match regardless. Right.
0: right, Of course. Uh, we're then given a promo video for the 60 man battle Royal, including why the title is on the line. We're also told that each of the three wing, each of the three rings will start with 20 men and will have one giant apiece. One ring will have the Yeti, my personal pick for winner.
1: Okay, question, question, (laughs) because uh, I don't know as much about the Yeti. Um, So I thought he was a mummy. Lucky lucky you. But then he came out as like some sort of luchador or
0: something this time. Yeah. What is going on? No idea. Okay. Uh, The second ring will have the giant and the third, the giant in the third ring is Hulk Hogan. Well, yeah. Not not Shark, who is literally a giant, just Hulk Hogan.
1: Giant ego, you know.
0: Uh, Gene is then up on the stage with Hogan again. I'm so glad Hogan is back to calling him the big, nasty, stinky giant. It really it really helps put over the Giants character. Yeah. Uh, Hogan then destroys another shirt, thankfully not setting this one on fire, while telling <laughs> us that he'll win the title tonight. We go to ringside where they talk about the belt. Mm-hmm. Uh, we then find out there are three announced teams for this match. Oh, Lord. It was... Ugh. Bobby and Tony at ring one. Eric Bischoff and Dusty Rhodes on ring two. And Ring 3 is the superstar announced team of Larry Zbyszko <laughs> and some complete fucking nerd named Chris Cruz whose glasses are crooked hmm. and that alone makes him the most annoying person on this pay-per-view.
1: I don't, we, is he more annoying than Larry Zbyszko? Because I, I don't yes,
0: know. His voice His voice made me want to punch things. <laughs> uh, we then go to David Penzer, who apparently is going to individually introduce all... 60 competitors.
1: (laughs) Okay, so this was going on, right? And I'm watching this. And Ray comes in, my husband. And he comes in right at the beginning. And he just stops and he watches. This is the only part of the pay-per-view he watches. And he's just like, this was a really dumb idea. Like like, like introducing them all together like this. And I'm like, yeah, that's kind of summing up this pay-per-view so far. Just kind of Mm -hmm. a dumb idea. I I just thought that was a funny comment. Like he just stopped and was like, watched for like 30 seconds. I'm like, huh.
0: Okay, <laughs> yeah. And by the way, uh, uh, for those of you who listened last week or the week before, whichever week it was, where Eric Bischoff hinted that there we may get another surprise jump from WWE from WWF. No, none of these are surprise competitors from the WWF, like Eric promised. And most of them I have never heard of before. Uh, we then go to the to we then go to Michael Buffer, who says three men, sixty. No, sorry, three rings, <laughs> <laughs> 60, three men, sixty men, sixty rings, three rings. <laughs> three <laughs> I would watch that.
1: I would watch that more than I'd watch this.
0: (laughs) Three men, six... That would be a hell of an arena they'd have to set up. But yes, (laughs) three rings, 60 men, three rings. Just in case you'd forgotten in the last six seconds that that there were three rings set up.
1: How much did this guy get paid?
0: Too much. (sighs) Too much. Also, the Yeti is now dressed up as a ninja and not a mummy for (laughs) reasons that remain unexplained. What the fuck? Uh, now something tells me that this is going to be an absolute clusterfuck
1: hey that's the word i put in my notes and that's the only (laughs) note i put down this is the only i I shit you not the only note i put down for world war three i had two pages of notes total for this pay-per-view all it was was clusterfuck with a lame ending that's all i wrote
0: yeah um they give us a really handy triple split screen so that you can't see what's going on in any any of the the rings
1: rings. oh my god it's (laughs) terrible and can you imagine back then, like, I'm watching this on a 48-inch <laughs> yeah. TV. Like, can you on imagine a, watching that on, like, some, on like, a 4x3. 18-inch <laughs> or, like, you know, 20-inch TV? Like, it it would have been terrible.
0: I think that blur is Scott Norton. <laughs> um, uh, the Yeti gets eliminated almost immediately. Good. I think they but...
1: realize they need to get rid of this guy. <laughs>
0: yeah, but hangs around to continue beating people up. Uh, for some reason the battle- the referees for this battle royal are in the ring, and since i'm pretty sure w c w only has three referees yeah. that's one referee per ring
1: which which did you mention the rule that they said at the beginning that when a ring is down to ten competitors or less, yeah. they yep. must move to the first ring, like yep. what like- yeah what rule is that that is such a arbitrary rule
0: mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I don't get yeah, it. Also, of note, Heenan calls Big Bubba boss man at one point. Does he really? Also, was there a tag team that they kept calling the Mario Brothers?
1: I hope so. I,
0: <laughs> I really hope I so. Swear to, I swear to God that's what they're... Somebody will email me and correct me if I'm wrong, but I swear to God they kept calling him so-and-so of the Mario Brothers. Get on that, um, Sal. At, at one point, a stretcher rolls by and is not mentioned by anyone... Uh, thankfully yeah who was we f- on the stretcher i don't know thankfully we finally get to the point where ring two and ring three are down to 10 men each and everyone goes into ring one
1: which only it's has still- like 37 people in it at that point Yeah, it's, so.
0: it's still a clusterfuck don't get me wrong but at least it's not in triple split screen anymore um finally they mentioned that it's scott armstrong being wheeled out on the stretcher we never promised an actual update just that they'll keep an eye on things so <laughs> good luck scott um <clears throat> We get a nice botch involving Brian, Pillman, Kensuki, Sasaki, and Hawk as Pillman is fee- feebly trying to pull Sasaki yeah. off yeah. the apron while Hawk is trying to pull him back in the ring. It's so great. With neither man looking like they're actually trying to do anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get a real great shot of Hawk looking over his shoulder and yelling something until finally Hulk Hogan waltzes over and dumps Hawk, which eliminates Sasaki as well. Now, if you'll remember last week's episode of uh, of Nitro Mania, Hogan is really good at missing cues. Um, Now, at the beginning of this match, Dusty Rhodes said something about how exciting this match will be because you have the chance of Fian and Up and Cuma make a name for themselves tonight, Daddy. Uh, Your final eight eight competitors in the match are Hulk Hogan, (laughs) Ric Flair, The Giant, Lex Luger, Randy Savage, Sting, Arn Anderson, and One Man Gang check out those up-and-comers. Okay,
1: I didn't even realize one-man gang was still alive, (laughs) and here he is, like, wrestling in WCW
0: 1995. Yeah. Um, Flair and Anderson get eliminated, leaving us with six. Sting and Luger attempt to eliminate the Giant, but Hogan, being the best friend that he is, eliminates all three of them. Uh, The giant then pulls him out under the ropes and out of the ring. Important distinction there. And they fight around while we don't see Savage eliminate one man gang. Uh, Randerson being poorly positioned since he was in the fucking ring during a battle royal (laughs) decides that Macho Man is just the winner and rings the bell. (laughs) Uh, Hogan re-enters the ring to argue. (laughs) Randerson says, fuck you asshole. I didn't see it. And awards the match to Savage anyway. At this point, Savage should really just dump Hogan and get it over with.
1: Right, exactly. But
0: no. But no. Hogan continues to throw a goddamn toddler bitch fit temper tantrum. And
1: then we get a terrible promo.
0: While Mean Gene congratulates Macho Man on not actually winning the WCW world title.
1: Here is something now, wait, Here is something I want to <laughs> mention really quick that I hate sure. WCW for. And WCW does this a lot from what I've seen of WCW. They will have a big match, and then Mean Gene will just randomly be like teleport into the ring and be like, "Like I'm gonna break the the celebration here to have a really boring
0: promo where you guys are <laughs> gonna like be out of
1: wind and talk at each other." Yeah. And I just hate that. I think it's a terrible, terrible idea, and it's bad here. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah, most episodes of Nitro end with the, with a post main event wrap up. They can't send us, they can't send us home just after the match. They have to send us either back to commentary or to Mean Gene in the ring to talk a little bit before we go off the air. It really, it's not, it's not great. Uh, speaking of which, Mean Gene has tried to end the show about 19 times, but Macho Man won't shut the fuck (laughs) up. Uh, what did you think, other than the word clusterfuck, what did you think of the Battle Royal and Hogan's temper tantrum?
1: It's bad. Like, Whoever came up with this idea, I hope they got fired. And I looked, when I was going on the network, <laughs> when I was going on the network and looking, there aren't very many of these events. There's like maybe yes. two or three. There's and that three is, total. Yeah, that is that is for the best. This was an yep. awful idea. This was just everything about it. Just absolutely terrible.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it, it really was, yeah. Just... Uh, and I'm not saying unwatchable because it was bad. It was literally unwatchable for it most was. of it because yeah. of that triple split triple split screen. It was. Oh, and, then, and then and then and then, uh, and then
1: they'd be like, you know what they needed? A fucking nameplate that said Ring One or the commentators' names yeah. near it, so we know when we hear the commentators talk. Oh, we're looking at that ring because they'd be like, let's go to yeah. let's go to Tony Schiavone. I'm like, oh god, where am I looking? I'm I'm trying to find. I couldn't. I couldn't keep up. Yeah.
0: No. It was it was awful. And then uh, as uh, as Henry and I talked about uh because he had mentioned it briefly during the Halloween Havoc episode. The 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 main of the, the winner of the Battle Royal, Macho Man, being completely overshadowed by who else? Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Just throwing a goddamn bitch fit. It was not. Like a not like cool. a fucking whiny baby. Uh, the worst. Uh we go to Ringside where Heenan chides Hogan for being a whiny baby. <laughs> and then in my favorite moment of the evening mentions that somebody said there was champagne backstage so he just gets up and leaves <laughs>
1: that is so great that was okay that's a way to end a uh, broadcast that was <laughs> unbelievable
0: yeah uh shivani then uh, sends us to the credits and that's it for world war three uh before i give my take andy what did you think of the show as a whole as a the whole, whole pay-per-view uh,
1: okay as a whole uh, overall not a great show you know, you had DDP, Johnny B. Bad. It was okay. I mean, it was, you had young, I mean, I won't say young for DDP, but you know, <laughs> I mean, young enough, kind of fresher talents to, to kind of make it an interesting start. Then you slow it down with two, kind of three, I suppose, total, like WWE rejects. And then you, you have a really cool, fast-paced tag match. And then you get a couple of little solid matches, but just ending on that battle royal and all of that, that, that dumb, you're eliminated, but not eliminated sort of thing. It just, it brought the pay-per-view down for me tremendously. So I was excited for a couple of matches, but overall a fairly low grade.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah. Honestly, this to me was not a good pay-per-view. The battle Royal itself was just chaos, did nothing to elevate anyone. Even the guy who won the friggin' title uh, the undercard was mediocre. Uh, even Ric Flair versus Sting could not save us no. from Bubba versus Hacksaw, or in my opinion, the ladies tag team. Nah,
1: match. You're wrong there. But <coughs> it makes me wonder, though, if the buy rate wasn't good because immediately on Nitro we get just about every match from the pay per view over again.
0: <laughs> yeah, we'll get there. Um, yeah, the, the 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 TV title match was okay. The U.S. title match was okay. But all in all, this show was just not not good. Um, on cage match, uh, the show has actually kind of surprised me. Garnered a five point seven five rating, average rating out of ten, um, which is higher than I was expecting. Yeah,
1: that is uh, well, maybe because of the tag match.
0: Maybe, um. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, maybe Ric Flair versus Sting. That anyway, brought it up. Uh, with that said, World War III 1995 was the last appearance on Nitro Mania for, uh, one, two, three, four different people. Oh, my. Uh, so with your help, Andrew, yes. we're going to once again decide if we hang their jerseys from the rafters mm-hmm. or throw them in the dumpster out back for Raccoon Reigns to use as bedding. Oh,
1: my. Raccoon, I miss uh, Raccoon Reigns.
0: Up first, uh, Dave Evad Sullivan. Uh, his name, he, he calls himself Evad because he's dyslexic. Not joking. That's the gimmick. Uh, The three-ring battle royal will be old Evad's only appearance on Nitro Mania. He's with the company for almost a whole nother year, but makes no Nitro or pay-per-view appearances during that time. Uh, Second, Cobra. While Cobra would continue to fight on other WCW shows up until August of 96, World War III is his last appearance as Cobra, spoiler alert, on Nitro or pay-per-view. Thirdly, Zodiac. Uh, Zodiac would have two more matches in WCW: one on an episode of WCW Saturday Night, and another as a dark match on Nitro a month after World War Three. But this is Zodiac's last televised appearance on Nitro or pay per view. Is that
1: British Beefcake?
0: Yes. Okay. And finally, of course, the Yete. Uh, thankfully, the three ring battle royal at World War Three is his only in ring appearance on this show, and it only lasts about fifteen seconds. Uh, the Yeti did have one more match on WCW Prime in January and was then banished forever. <laughs> so, uh, one by one, Dave Sullivan, rafters or dumpster? Uh,
1: I don't know him, but I feel bad for his dyslexia, so I'm going to say hang it from the rafters because we need we, Ooh, we need diversity.
0: You're kind. Uh, Cobra raptor 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 raptors. <laughs> yes, yes,
1: I would like the to be eaten by raptors because okay. snakes are scary.
0: <laughs> uh, Zodiac. Uh,
1: does he come back as Brutus Beefcake later? I don't know. I hope so. Because if if it was Brutus the Barber Beefcake, I'd say hang it. But he, his... I know
0: he comes. I know he comes back, but I doubt it's his Beefcake. Okay. I know he has, well, he has more appearances.
1: His face paint scares me, so I'll
0: throw it in the dumpster. <laughs> and finally, the Yeti. Oh,
1: well, that has to be from the Raptors, just because, <laughs> just because it is such an epic. Notable name that we have to at least recognize how terrible it is by 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 giving him this honor. Do
0: you think so? I I I, I, I actually kind of agree with you on that. Uh, Personally, I would put uh, I would put Dave Sullivan in the dumpster as well, just for the terrible fucking gimmick. Um, But if you insist, I'm just trying
1: to equal opportunity here.
0: Uh, Well, I don't care. He's going in the dumpster, but we will. We'll so we'll put. uh, I can't believe I'm about to say this. Let's uh, (laughs) let's raise uh let's raise the Yeti to the rafters <laughs> is
1: there a, is there a cool sound effect like uh like
0: like there there will be now that you've totally ruined the you've broken <laughs> like, the fourth like wall the wrestler of it, you jerk. Heaven thing and uh <laughs> let's put uh let's put dave Sullivan Cobra and zodiac in that fucking dumpster okay. Finally, according to Wikipedia, somewhere else in the world on November 26th, 1995, nothing happened. I'm sorry, what? Apparently nothing happened. Anywhere.
1: Anyway? Wait, what's your Apparently
0: source? No. Wikipedia. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Which brings us to November 27th and Monday Nitro. Uh, during the pay-per-view, we were repeatedly promised a tag-team match featuring Luger and Sting teaming up as, well as, well, whatever will happen with Macho and Hogan. Uh, so let's get to it, shall we? Yeah, let's do it. Hey, can I say, we are, can I say real quick,
1: mm-hmm? though? Oh, sorry. Yes. Um, the, I, I forgot the Nitro opening theme, like and what goes on in the opening.
0: Bow- it's pretty yeah. cool,
1: and like the wrestlers roaring. That is so neat. <laughs> like I, I marked out a little bit. Also, I know we're going to get to it in a second, but I just want to say I really want the outfit uh, that Steve Mongo McMichael's dog has for my dog. Oh, God damn it. God damn it. Uh,
0: all right. We are live from Salem, Virginia. Uh, not Bischoff Salem, reminds us: Not Salem, Massachusetts or Salem, New Hampshire or Salem, Oregon for that matter. Bischoff reminds us that macho man is the champion. Pepe is dressed <laughs> as a leopard print cowboy. Wait, Fuck can you, you, can you
1: explain this because you have been reviewing all of no, Nitro? I can't. Well, number one, what is a what is a Mongo number two (laughs) number two why does he have his dog with him at all times
0: Uh, he is a goddamn moron and nobody fucking knows okay nobody knows okay (sighs) leopard print cowboy
1: it's so great though that I I want I want that outfit for my dog
0: like a leopard print cowboy Uh, Bischoff reminds us of the controversy surrounding Savage winning the title uh Bobby Heenan is holding a Japanese flag. <laughs> He's
1: just waving it around. Yeah. It just, reminds man. me it reminds me of, uh, and this is going to be a little cross-promotion, uh, reminds me in when we were reviewing Excel Saga for Tuning Japanese, one of the podcasts that I do on the Questionable Endeavor Network, QuestNetwork.com. You'll get your plugs um, later. Um, no, but look, it reminded me there's an episode where <laughs> Lord El Palazzo is uh, waving a tiny little Japanese flag and goes, Japan. And it just reminded me of that. <laughs> I really wish Bobby Heenan would have said, Japan. It would have been great.
0: Yeah. Mongo mumbles something. Uh, and Bischoff sends us to a clip of Hogan promising to be Stinger's friend forever and then nearly burning the stage down. Uh, I also notice when they zoom out that Hogan was always wearing the red and yellow trunks, so that really shouldn't have been a surprise for anyone. Uh, Mogan, uh, Mongo uses Morgan? the word effigy, Mogan, <laughs> Mogan, Dipshit uses the word effigy almost as though he knows what it means. Hmm. Uh, Your opening contest this evening is one more TV title match between Johnny B. Bad and DDP. Johnny's got his confetti cannon back and he seems more than happy to have Kimberly help him shoot his load of confetti all over the fans in the front row. Uh, DDP comes out all sad looking, carrying roses for his lost love. I
1: love that. I love how humble he looked. It was, it was pretty good. I like that a lot.
0: Yeah. This is of course, merely a distraction as he hands Kimberly the flowers and then sucker punches Johnny right in the face. Right. Uh, the focus of this match is apparently Kimberly, as we get almost no coverage on camera of what's happening in the ring, and a constant shot of her at ringside, having pulled, a, having pulled a chain out of the roses and looking dumbfounded.
1: You know, she, she, looked, she would go back and forth between like, looking dumbfounded and then being like, oh wait, I'm supposed to show emotion. Uh, what do I do? Where we go! And it's just, it's just, oh, she just needs to die. <laughs> throw her in the dumpster. Oh.
0: Uh. DDP eventually asks for the chain. She tosses it through his legs to Johnny, who KOs DDP and pins him. Johnny is unhappy about winning for some reason, because even though he, he should have been disqualified.
1: He, he thinks that she was throwing it to DDP, and that's the big intrigue. What was it? Is she, is she just a really bad at like throwing, <laughs> or like
0: mm-hmm. your your thoughts on bad versus page three? Uh,
1: better at the pay per view than here.
0: This, certainly better at the better at last night's pay per view. Certainly better at Halloween Havoc. Um Bischoff promises to go to the locker room during commercial to find out what's going on. We then come back from commercial and Bischoff is still at the desk. <laughs> so thanks for that update, Eric. <laughs> Later on tonight, Hulk Hogan takes on Hugh Morris. Honestly. <sighs> Plus Luger and Sting are still gonna be teaming up. Bischoff sends us to Gene on the ramp with Sullivan and Hart. Sullivan yells at Hart about Luger and Sting teaming. Hart then tells Sullivan that Luger has a plan, and Sullivan's okay with that. Gene then sends us to commercial.
1: I hate Kevin Sullivan.
0: Carry on. <laughs> Back from break for another World War Three rematch. Cutie and Mayumi versus Hokuto and Bull Nakano. This felt like
1: a completely different match. Like, the pay-per-view was very hectic. This one was
0: much more structured. Uh, I, I said, I can only hope that this match is better than last night's. Spoiler alert, it's not. Uh, Nakano and Hokuto win again, and it's just as painful to watch.
1: Okay, can I play the game of, is that racist or whatever Sure. All right, Adam, here sure. we go. Uh, Bobby Heenan at one point says, "I think she's kind of... Att- or hang on, let me let me change my emphasis. I think she's kind of attractive, in an Oriental kind of way." <laughs>
0: oh. yeah,
1: racist. Carry on.
0: <laughs> uh, your next contest is the much anticipated oh, Hulk I Hogan waiting. versus Hugh Morris. Bated breath. Hogan wins. Nobody cares. Yeah. Uh, Sting and Luger versus Anderson and Pillman is next uh we come back from break and mean gene is on the ramp to talk to randy savage let's find out together if savage has watched the footage uh macho says he's the wcw champion which makes him the only world champion fuck you vince uh he then says he's going to go on a reign of terror gene asks him about the controversy and this brings hogan out to continue whining and bitching about not getting eliminated from the battle royal for fuck's sake uh hogan tells them to roll the videotape so savage can see it despite there not being a screen anywhere uh the tape of course cuts out right before the giant pulls hogan out of the ring hogan calls bullshit and the giant runs out and attacks them both choke slamming randy on the arena floor and beating hogan into the ring before he can do anything to hogan however sting runs out to grab giant's foot this gives hogan time to grab a chair which he hits the giant with I counted 11 times.
1: It doesn't matter because every single time he hit it looked like he was like a three-year-old with a broken arm (laughs) trying to like hit someone. (laughs) It's like, eh, eh, it was terribly weak.
0: Including some of the wimpiest looking headshots I've ever seen in my life.
1: Good, we agree. All right.
0: Uh, Hogan also elbowed a referee because he's a good guy. Uh, Hogan and Sting then check on Macho Man while back at the desk, Keenan says Giant was robbed and Hogan's a coward. Uh, Bischoff draws parallels between Hogan and Sting and Luger and Sting, and we go to break. We come back for your tag match main event. The match is pretty standard fare until Sting locks Anderson in the Scorpion Deathlock. Pillman jumps to the top rope, and Luger runs off and pushes him off into Sting, breaking up the hold and injuring Sting in the process. The pinfall then comes on a simple roll up with no build whatsoever, as the camera is zooming out to see Flair coming down the aisle. Ah, uh, the horsemen then just attack everyone until Hogan comes down to the ring. Everyone is fucking confused because Hogan likes Sting but hates Luger. Sting apparently loves everyone. He is a nice Your thoughts guy. Thoughts on the main event? Uh,
1: uh, it turned into a clusterfuck again. I don't know. It was <laughs> it was okay, I guess. I don't know. I wasn't. I really wasn't sure, honestly, what was going on most of the time.
0: Yeah. Just, just the finish was so sudden. Like I yeah. said, I don't even think the cameraman was the cameraman was zooming out to go to fling uh, to go to flare <laughs> in the aisle, and and that then the finish happened. It's like, oh okay,
1: yeah. It was there was a pinfall, something. It was something.
0: Yeah. Uh, we come back from break for our post main event update. Bischoff tells us to watch Saturday night for an update on Macho Man. Also on Saturday, a very special announcement about Starcade. Woo! Um, um,
1: an hour. I forgot that Nitro was an hour. Yeah. Like, it goes quick. It went very, very quickly.
0: <laughs> yeah, another lackluster post-pay-per-view Nitro here, I feel. Better, uh, short matches, too much talking. This was just kind of a snooze fest for me. What did you think?
1: Yeah, not great. Um, even the, like, like, you if you're going to use return matches, like, make them meaningful. I guess Johnny B. Badden DDP was somewhat meaningful because it continues the storyline with uh, what's-her-tits. And, uh, <laughs> and then you had, you know, then you had a couple of Kind of blah matches. The women's tag match was still fun, but it was less chaotic, so it was not as fun. Uh, So, yeah, uh, no, not great.
0: Oh, yeah. Cage match agrees. This this show scored a 3.9 average (laughs) out of 10, with no votes ranking higher than a 6. Ouch. Uh, This show scored a 2.3 TV rating. Uh, meanwhile, over on Raw, in a show taped one week earlier, Ahmed Johnson beat Rad Radford. Aja Kong and Tomoko Watanabe defeated Alundra Blaze and Kyoko Inoue. Wait a minute, pause. Uh, hun-
1: WWE is countering with their own Japanese women's wrestling tag team matches?
0: In in a show taped a week ahead of time.
1: That's amazing. Uh,
0: yeah, Hunter Hearst Helmsley defeated somebody named John Crystal. And in your main event, The Undertaker beat Sir Mo.
1: Okay, this is Raw?
0: Yeah. Now this episode of Raw scored the same television rating as Nitro at a two point three. But if you had to guess, what would you say its averages on Cage Match?
1: Uh okay. So what was the what was the um, Nitro get on Cage
0: Match? Nitro get was at a three point
1: nine. Um, I'm gonna give this one a two point five.
0: A one point seven one. Holy
1: balls! That bad? Because <laughs> well, because like you got people fighting unknowns on Raw. That's weird.
0: Yeah. Well, it was uh, it was raw in '95. We're not at the attitude area yet, my friend. That's true. Uh, would you believe that nothing else happened in the world on November 27th, 1995 either?
1: Like, true. Like, you mean nothing at all or nothing noteworthy?
0: Wikipedia told me so.
1: Maybe you shouldn't get your sources from Wikipedia, Josh.
0: <laughs> hey,
1: sorry. That's what Josh does in our on tuning Japanese.
0: I kick you off the show. You make sorry, sorry. Area. Uh and on that note, I, I guess that does so it. So you are going to kick me off now. All right,
1: cool. All right.
0: Of the Nitro Mania Podcast. Where can the folks find you? Uh They can find me. Now you can plug Thank your shit. Thank you. Uh,
1: they can find me <laughs> all over the place on the Questionable Endeavor Network, com, where you can find all kinds of great podcasts, articles, and live streams that you can enjoy. Uh We have all kinds of great podcasts on that network, including two in which I am involved in. Shadow Vane, uh, which is a horror and science fiction sort of radio drama that... If I get some more lines from voice actors, we can actually, you know, like, produce some episodes again. Uh And also Tuning Japanese, a podcast where three dudes in their 30s talk about anime. We are currently now on our third season where we're reviewing Gurren Lagan Past seasons, we reviewed uh, Excel Saga and Trigun. So go check that out. And if you want to become a Patreon... Pat- if you want to be a patron for either of those, go check out patreon.com slash shadowvane and patreon.com slash tuning Japanese. You can also find me on Twitch at lemon Nerd Boy. And I'm sure there's other things, but I'm tired.
0: <laughs> there's also a Patreon for the rundown.
1: Yeah, is it patreon.com slash rundown or.
0: That's what I'm trying to figure out. Uh, Just
1: Google Rundown Patreon. Oh, hey, while you're looking that up, I will mention, uh, Questionable Endeavor Network, we, uh, this is brand new news today. Uh, I don't know when this is gonna, this will be Monday when this releases, right? So it will be a little bit in the past. T- Tuesday. sorry. Tuesday. A little bit in the past, but, uh, we have a brand new podcast on the Questionable Endeavor Network. The Reanimator podcast, which is yet another anime show where we have a group of four guys talking about more current anime topics and series. Whereas Josh, Bill, and myself kind of focus on older animes, uh, and do an episode by episode recap. So different show, but fun nonetheless. So go check them out on yeah. the questionable never network.
0: Yeah, it is patreon.com slash rundown wrestling if you want to become a patreon a patron see I did it too, a patron of this uh series of shows. Absolutely uh, Nitromania, Glow Shtick, NXT revisited, WrestleMania Salvation, and of course the rundown proper. Um I was gonna ask you something, but I can't remember what it was. Hello. Oh, uh, of course, you can leave me feedback at rundownwrestling@gmail.com dot com or at rundown podcast on Twitter. As I said, be sure to check out all the shows on the Rundown feed: uh, the Sit Down, Salvation Revisited, glowstick the Rundown itself, this show. I apologize. That's what it was going to be. Uh, apologize for not having uh, an episode last week. Andy and I just couldn't sync our periods uh, schedules uh, <laughs> in order to uh, in order to find time to sit down and record. And uh, there was no way I was doing World War Three by myself. I don't blame you. I would have that fucking stopped battle halfway through um uh,
1: <laughs> i'm like and i'm done recording bye guys yeah
0: if you want to see me live and in person come on out uh it's not apw overload i didn't change the end of this the next one is it's not no was wild, last, it was two weeks it was two weekends ago it's uh lpw fall frenzy on october 14th at the elks lodge in clinton massachusetts uh come on out to that uh, that's thank good, you,
1: Massachusetts. Andy. Massachusetts. Oh, sorry. Hey, yeah. That's a great Alex hey, Lodge. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. By the way, this was fun. It it felt like old times. The old rundown number one hundred seventeen or something like that when I started. <laughs> uh, it feels like a million years ago because it was, and this was fun. Oh, this is fun. And I think I feel like I may watch. A few more nitros after this again, just to kind of see where some of these storylines go, just because I want to know. Or I'll just, or I'll just listen to the podcast, honestly. There you go. That'll be easier, yes. As,
0: as should everyone else, tune in each and every week here on the Nitro Mania podcast. I'll talk to you next time. Bye bye. Pull up your socks and get ready. <laughs> Fondongo.
1: to questednetwork.com
0: Do you like scary movies? You have been invited to the Slasher Sanitarium Come join us as we talk about horror movies horror fiction and horror television Subscribe now to the Slasher Sanitarium New episodes Coming soon.